0: Welcome to the More Sports Now podcast. We cover New York and New Jersey sports. I'm Steve Titchener in our Central Jersey studio. And on the line, the rest of the crew Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And uh, people are misbehaving again here, guys. Uh, And a giant, go figure. Uh, Aldrich Rosas, uh, arrested in California. He's a kicker for the Giants. Uh, Apparently, a hit and run uh, case. Uh, Alcohol may have been uh, involved. And uh, certainly not as bad as the, uh, the DeAndre Baker thing down in, in uh, Miami. But a, cert, a big uh, distraction for the Giants here, always known as a class organization. So uh, these off-the-field distractions are considerable here. And this, this affects an organization, right, Matt?
1: I, I think there is an impact. I mean, there's a new coach. And so what's he going to do or what's his thoughts on all of this? Um, you know, the interest that the Andre Baker thing is interesting. It was hot, and then you know his attorneys are saying this is going to be dropped real soon. We heard nothing from the uh, prosecutor side, and now we haven't heard anything at all in weeks. Uh, and maybe it's a result of, of COVID and, and a slowdown in processing. But at any rate, uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's not a good thing. Listen, I don't know what the Giants are going to do here. Uh, he's a pretty good kicker. Pro baller. Does he point. have a, does he have a, does he have a problem with drinking? I, I you know, obviously he's been caught in a hit and run, uh, alcohol allegedly has played a role in it. So, uh, you know, it's easy enough just to cut your losses and say, let's get somebody else. Um, I'm not sure that's what they're going to do. And I'm not sure the fan base is going to care for the most part, one way or the other.
0: But interesting yeah. how they're <laughs> hanging on to Baker, right, John? They're hanging on to Baker, far yeah. worse charges. And, uh, yeah. oh, the kicker? Oh, the kicker got in trouble? Get rid of him. Right. Well, it's not the case <laughs> yet. But Joe Judge has to be like, wow, my first season here, and look at this. My players can't even uh, keep it together.
2: How about the fact that Joe Judge hasn't even really been able to get up in front of a team yet? I mean, here, <laughs> he's named the head coach, and they really he hasn't had a chance to really uh, address the team in any formal manner. I mean, as far as, you know, what we're going to do on the field and, and uh, everyday activities, as far as the OTAs and spr- uh, not spring training, but the, the training camp that's coming up. I mean, that's gotta be, he's gotta be chomping at the bit to get, you know, his hands on a team, but yeah, these are, these are distractions. I think the Baker one being the fact that they traded up into the first round to draft him. And he was a star in college. He's got a little bit more uh, of a, of a rope, I would say, or a leash there, They'll give him a little bit more time. Um, as far as Rosas, he made the Pro Bowl two years ago, made 32 out of 33 field goals last year. He crashed back to earth uh, and was not very good. And, you know, the, the circumstances here are troubling. I mean, he's driving at 8 o'clock in the morning or almost 8.30 in the morning. He's doing 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And he bashed, Thank God he didn't kill somebody. When you T-bone somebody at 100 miles an hour, good grief. Then I guess he gets out of the car and he, he's running away. They catch up with him down the road. He's got blood all over himself. I mean, this is bizarre old world. And I, and I don't know, you know, they're going to have to get to the bottom of all of this. But this, this to me is, is troubling. I mean, he, obviously he's got some sort of a, uh, maybe a drinking problem. Um, but yeah, they'll have to get to the bottom of this. But I think he's got much shorter reign than does Baker um, because kicker's, Not that they're a dime a dozen, but you can find kickers um, when you need them, and there's some good ones that are out there right now. So we'll have to see which direction the Giants go in.
1: Well, and the interesting thing is, right, the the charges against Baker are much more significant and perhaps because of his draft selection, and we're still not sure what that story is all about, uh, they're, they're... they're giving him a little bit of a longer term instead of cutting him right away. But honestly, distraction from what distraction from like what? There's no game. There's no practice. (laughs) No distraction. Um, It's just two facts about two players on the team. Uh, But I don't think it does anything to stop Joe judge from planning for whenever we open up and when they do get together and start practicing. I, I think there'll just be some decisions they'll have to make by then. I think the, the legal proceedings will play a role in it, and, and maybe the Giants don't care. Maybe they're just like, look, you know what? We want to get guys who are, who put themselves in bad situations uh, regardless. Uh, maybe Rose, listen, anyone's caught that drunk that early in the morning has— a bit of an issue. Uh, <laughs> and as for DeAndre Baker, they might just say, hey, listen, we don't want a young kid who puts himself in a bad situation, doesn't have uh, enough judgment to stay out of a potential problem. I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I, it's not a distraction. It's a news story, but it's not a distraction. Yeah, but There's look at this the Giants. That's changed One iota in the Giants business plan right now, simply because of the, the, the status that we're in, which
0: is nothing. Well, look at the uh, Giants—the brand. They've always prided themselves on being a class organization, right? And Gettleman is this guy who came in and was going to find guys that love football and you know high character guys. And you know, Kiamir Johnson, a local. Player who has been on our show a couple times and he bounced around the league a bunch of times. And you know, he, he, he traveled quite a bit trying to make teams and was with a lot of organizations. He said the Giants were a co- top end class organization. Now, here you have a problem in your offseason here with um, two players tarnishing that quite a bit. And yeah, can you control the player? How much can an organization control the player? I get it. But don't think that the Maras and the Tishes aren't uh, very concerned by this situation. And, you know, Giants football again. And I've always heard it, too, that they're a top-notch class organization. John, what are your thoughts as a fan? Classes
1: defined in different ways. Classes Mm -hmm. defined in different ways. And I have no idea what Kiamir is talking about. Uh, Is it that they hire only the best and the brightest and the pure of heart? Or is it that they give you a, a first class ticket to a workout as opposed to an economy
0: class? Right. So maybe it's a treatment thing, kind of thing. Like they treat the players at a high end, and you know, I mean, okay, listen, there's, there's, you know, thirty teams. so There's thirty different ways to go about it, and the Giants were touted, from what I've heard, is as a, as a as a higher end organization. Now, is that just BS? Who knows?
2: Um, I think I think a lot of that goes
1: back to. Uh, to Wellington
2: Mara, and, mm-hmm. you know,
1: well, I and mean also compared to whom? But, but compared to whom? What what mm-hmm. team out there doesn't have some problems? What team out there has a, a, a team of thugs? Well, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. Um, so is it?
1: So we believe. Here's what I'm saying. We believe the fable. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Taylor, Plaxico Burris, both Giants players. If I want, and this just off the top of my head. One's a hall of famer, a revered player gets a standing ovation wherever he goes. If there's no football going on, it's the off season. I'm not saying they should, we shouldn't be better. And I'm not saying the organization shouldn't be better. And I'm not saying that they won't be better. And they may just decide, Hey, uh, we're going to cut both of these guys once the process plays out a little bit, or before we ever get to camp, let's just end it done. Bye-bye. Uh, If Rosas comes back and kicks a field goal against us and loses a game for us or wins a game for the opposition, we're good with that. DeAndre Baker develops into the first-round draft pick uh, that, uh, that we thought he would be and becomes a Hall of Famer, so be it. We made the right decisions. And, you know, good on the Giants if that's what they decide. But I don't know that they're so pure. Where yeah. I think there's a lot of fable to
0: that. Well, and we'll know, by the way, they handle this, both these situations, too. If it's just the, the ability of the player on the field and, and what, you know, the thing with Baker could be just what his lawyers say it is. Just a whole big setup. And then in which case the Giants want to find out what the true story is. And that's being fair to the player. Frankly, um, in Rosas' case, that just looks like a big mess. And kickers, listen, let's face it, are not as valued. But there isn't, a, you know, when you look, there isn't a lot out there. I, th- I heard, I heard about the. Uh, uh Steven uh Gronkowski, am I saying that right the guy from the the Patriots he's like 36 Sonski. years old yeah, yeah something like that Even yeah.
2: Adam Vinatieri they're talking about he's, him he's 47, 47 years
0: old he's 47 <laughs> years old but i guess you know if he can if he could still kick he could still kick but he, uh, uh, but there's not a lot out then you got some untested uh, college uh, uh, kickers but hey you know they they need a shot too and if you got the leg apparently the kicker from Indiana it mm-hmm. was really good, and didn't get drafted, and you know, so there's there's possibilities there. Uh, you know, you
2: can poo-poo it a little bit, but it is a really important position. I mean, the fact now that they've they've moved the extra point back, and guys are missing those. I mean, it, it really is an important and he part a, of the game. He had a big cut. You know what I mean, so you can't. I, I said before that there are a dime a dozen. I didn't quite mean that, but um, it is a really important position, and he was. Terrific! Two years ago, as we said, he only missed one field goal in the whole season. He's got a big leg. I mean, he's a big man. He's 6'3", almost 240 pounds. He's a big guy. Yeah. And uh, he was really getting into some balls. And p- kicking it at MetLife Stadium, you need that because there's crazy wins. You know, you get into um, uh, December and January and late November, and it's it's tough to kick a ball in that area. So they, they can't just pick up some guy off the scrap. They have to find somebody if they're not going to stick with Rosas that, that can do the job. And, you know, we'll have to see, I know that judge being a special teams guy for many years with the Pats, he knows a lot of the old Patriot kickers. He's got to know, you know, game planning for, for everything as a special teams guy. He should know a lot of the personnel that play that position around the NFL. So that, should hopefully, pun intended, give him a leg up, if you will.
0: <laughs> yeah. And listen, you know, I don't think a, a player, well, it depends on the mistake, but for one mistake, I don't think a player should lose their career. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it could have been a lot worse, you know, driving, uh, if, if in fact alcohol was involved, he's driving over 100 miles per hour. I mean, that's just, that's d- terrible judgment. Let's face it. He's lucky he didn't kill somebody. I mean, I I still don't
2: understand. You're doing 100 miles an hour and you T-bone somebody and nobody, everybody walks away from that? You're lucky. Good grief. Go buy a lottery ticket after that
0: one. Jeez, we'll see. And then, yes, as you said, Matt, the the Baker thing kind of went away. It's just going through the court system now, but that still has to be resolved as well. So, I mean, again yeah distractions from what they're not playing but i mean you know the, the, the giants have the giants pr folks have to deal with all this and deal with you know hey you know but uh, every every team is dealing with it uh, not at, not every year but certainly is a, a pocket of teams that have to deal um, uh, you know and then again down with baker there was there's another player involved from seattle in, the, in that whole thing too so um, uh, certainly uh, other teams have to deal uh, w- with uh, th- these off the field uh, problems, but you know, Giants certainly don't need them. Uh, no one, no team needs it. And now they've got uh, you know uh, two issues w- w- with players that's going to have to be resolved. Uh, let's move on to basketball, and they're, they're supposed to come back. They're hoping to come back at the end of July. I, I don't believe that's officially announced. Talking about going down to Orlando and playing in Orlando. We got a local player up here, Kyrie Irving. Who's not going to go down there only because he had season-ending uh, shoulder surgery? He's been he's been injured a lot, but he is um, he is uh, seems to be lobbying players uh, not to uh, join them down in Orlando. He see, he wants to be uh, more focused on the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and what NBA players can do in that area. Um, he's been. He's been said to be a distraction by uh, Kendrick Perkins anyway, has is, is, is tweeted out a number of times that he's being a distraction to the whole process. Uh, and especially since he's injured right now, wouldn't be going down anyway, but he hasn't been on the court a lot. So it doesn't seem like it's the voice that you would, you would listen to at this point.
2: Yeah. Um, to quote him, I saw this the other day. I don't support going into Orlando. I'm not with the systematic, systemic racism and BS, something smells a little fishy. So, yeah, he's definitely taking a stand. I guess he convened a phone call with 80 players, um, I guess, last week or earlier uh, this week to talk about what the situation is. And it it seemed that they said it was a two-hour phone call and a portion of it had to do with COVID-19 and the coronavirus, but most of it, they said, had to deal with social injustice. And so um, I think that the players... This is a time, and and this is their time to to get on board with with you know the um, what's going on in the country now. And I think they're going to try and um, you know listen. Let's face it, the, the league is predominantly African American, and they feel that it they need to be heard. And I think that they're going to seize this opportunity and try to try to have their voices heard as well.
0: Yeah, and you would think that uh, yeah. uh, with. Um the opportunity to play, and and most of these guys, in, you know, want to play. They want to go down there and play, and so uh, that that's really um, more the uh, m- more of the issue uh, is just getting on the basketball court. So I think a lot of players really don't feel like they want to distract uh, uh, from that, and and that's what uh, Kyrie Irving's doing. You, you see it that way, Matt?
1: Well, I, I, first off, he's a different breed, right? I mean. He apologized a couple of years ago for the flat Earth thing, and so I think he's a he's a little bit of an outside the box thinker. Take that for what you will. Um, and so, uh, let's just say he's not a mainstream thinker. He's also a, a vice president of the Players Association, so he's speaking. Perhaps as an individual, but also more in his capacity as a leader of the Players Association. And there are others who are wondering whether or not, you know, this is the right thing to do. And there's stories now coming out that, well, as Florida increases uh in its COVID cases and they're seeing spikes and rises at the place you want to go. And, you know, are we doing all the right things? Now the NBA has indoor and we can have this wedding. Well, I'm reading about these increases in these areas which have been more open than New Jersey's been. Mm-hmm. So what's the risk that I want to take? Do I want to suddenly go to a place where there's 200 people in close quarters, many of whom I won't know, many of whom I will know, but I, I, there'll be you know extensions of friendships and family of, of people that I won't know? Is that what I want to do? And do I want to go to a, a party, but do I want to be on a dance floor with 200 sweaty, somewhat inebriated people? Oh, yeah, I'm just telling I'm just, right? Well, the yeah, they're considered,
0: they're considered, like they're considered super, it's a super spreader event. You know, that that's what they're calling that type of so, thing. Is that yeah. what I want to do? Right. So now, that's just me personally in a small
1: event one time I can go do the best I can, wear a mask as I enter, don't go on the dance floor just stay at my table, say hello to a few people. If anybody wants to come over and talk about devil's hockey, I slap a mask on don't shake their hands, say please stay six feet away. I can do those things and you know, yeah. make sure I wash my hands and all that sort of stuff uh, often and probably nothing will happen because first off, the odds of me getting, getting this disease anyway is, is small so I can even reduce yeah. the risk
2: but it is a thought. Mm-hmm. So but can I can I tell you something, Matt? If you were to to not go out on the dance floor, that would be uh, you would be unfortunately people would not get a chance to see the floss that I saw on Twitter last week. You would be really putting them at a disservice because that was outstanding work, and you can cut it off, my friend.
1: Yeah, well, folks will have to go to the Devil's Twitter account and check it out. But, yeah, I was doing the floss and embarrassing myself uh, the whole time. Thank you, John. Thank you very much for saying that I I would be bringing some joy. I'd be bringing some joy to those who are attending the wedding by showing off my dance routine. But at any rate, (laughs) notwithstanding that, that's a thought process. That's a thought that I have. Do I want to do this? So now, take an NBA player Mm -hmm. who, how are you going to social distance?
0: Right. Well, one of the rules is they can't play. They can't play doubles and ping pong on the campus. They, you know, you got to play <laughs> yeah. singles.
1: So, yeah. so I think there are a lot of issues, and I think you know, Kyrie Irving. I, I don't know if it's a, it it detracts or distracts from the BLM movement. I, I don't know that it does. I think it maybe gives players more of a chance to, mm-hmm. since they're now active in the games, and there'll be more coverage of. Uh, the media and what have you of the games is more of a chance to talk. I, I don't know, but I can't understand where he is talking for a group of players who probably are unsure of whether or not this is what they want to do. Yeah.
0: True. And they're awash yeah. with money. So it's not, and well, you know, you talk about a rookie and such, or someone who's just making a team. It's a different story, but certainly the stars don't, it's not a, uh, it's not a money issue. Although it may be for a few of them, uh, but uh, uh, for the most, and we're seeing that in baseball, which we'll we'll, we'll segue over to baseball. But uh, the the issue uh, the issue of money doesn't seem to be a big deal in terms of losing this season. Um, but uh, uh, but it seems like most players want to get on the court and and, and want to do it. I, I would think uh, that that would be the case that, that most NBA I would players. Think so for sure,
1: uh, I have a question. question. Yeah, well, and I'll say, and John, I'll let you get to the question, but for all these players, they have a finite career. So now they've played most of the season, but, you know, I I think they do want to play, and I I think they want to make as much money as they can because they know that at some point, you know, father time is undefeated and their careers come to an end. And if you're a Kyrie Irving who has signed huge deals, yep, not a big deal. Wait till there's a vaccine. You're cool with it. Um, but if you're somebody else who's kind of on the border of making it, not making it playing an extra year, getting to five years versus four, you know, mm-hmm. again, you played most of the season. So it's a little different here, but I, I could understand where that person would say, listen, let me get back, man. Cause if, if I can show, I got some stuff, I got another year next year. Um, yeah. so, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but I, I know a Kyrie has become a lightning rod for like, just shut up and play type of thing. But as much as he's an outside-the-box guy, uh, I think there are some questions that a lot of players have.
2: Yeah. He's got to get on the court a little bit more, too, for someone.
1: Well, that's the other
2: thing, too, yeah. He's got a big, big yapper and i agree and but he he misses a lot of games it's unbelievable the amount of games that he's missed over the years i
0: I mentioned that at the opening you know he he's not on the court and you know he won he won a championship with cleveland and really hasn't done much since he certainly hasn't done much in brooklyn
2: he's also wrecked a few clubhouses too if you read i mean he was Hmm. he, he was not liked in the in the celtics uh, clubhouse, and um, you know, I, I don't know. He, he seems to be a bit of a lightning rod, as Matt said. He's a he, he's an interesting guy, and he's a free thinker, and maybe that rubs people the wrong way. And he's there's no doubting how talented. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a maestro on the court. He's phenomenal. I mean, you can't take your eyes off of him. But that's just the case when he's on the court. So we'll have to see um, how this all shakes out. But let me ask you, and John, he ruined finding? your chances at a perfect season? Yes, he did. He did back twice. That little, that little guy when he was in seventh grade. Yes, and he shook my hand and couldn't have been nicer about dropping thirty-five on me twice. So <laughs> I'll, I'll get back at him one of these days. Him and Governor Cody. We're gonna have to have lunch one day on them because they buried me for years.
0: John, where's where he from? He's from Orange, right?
2: Yeah, he's from West Orange. He's okay, West Orange,
0: Jersey kid. Orange in, in,
2: um, played for the recreation team and, and was, you know, just, I, I always bring up that story. Remember that scene from Rocky where, where Mick brings the chicken in and wants him to try and catch the chicken? Well, and, and the first time out, he's fallen all over himself. Well, that was like my five guys trying to full court press him. He went through all five of them like that and laid it in. So then I'm yelling from the bench, get out of the press, get out of the press.
0: Did you uh, say at that point, Johnny, did you say, hey, that's a future pro there, this guy that's wrecking me?
2: I just remember thinking like, you know, he was unbelievable. Yeah. The things that he could do at that age I and mean, he could stop on a dime and he could shoot three point shots. He had all levels of the game. And I had, you know, kept in touch. I had known that he wasn't going to go to West Orange high school. I know that he started out at Montclair Kimberly and then was dropping like 50 a game there and they had to get him out and send him down to St. Pat's. So yeah, I, I kind of kept track of him and, and knew that he was going to, wind up uh, playing major college basketball. Did I know he'd be the number one pick in the draft? No, but um, thinking back, you could see all the signs were there at a young age.
0: Yeah, well, Kyrie's got to get back on the court. That's uh, that's for sure, yeah. and, and uh, that seems to be a, a ways off with all that's, uh, all, all that's going on and all his injuries, and he's had a lot of them lately. He'll switch to baseball. Or even going back to his time at
1: Duke, he only played what handful of games there before he left. Yeah, Denver. yeah. So. Ten or 12 Eight games or something. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was this. Well, he had a great run up until playing, you know, uh get the championship with Cleveland and then with the Celtics, he was injured a lot with the Celtics, right? And then Brooklyn he's been, come on. I mean, he hasn't, you know, he starts the season, and he's done. And <laughs> and but when he plays, he's he's like you said, John, he's brilliant. He's a, he's he can't a great player. You can take your eyes off him, yeah. You know, and he and he changes mm-hmm. the game and he makes the Nets a better player, but you got to get mm-hmm. on the court and especially yeah. when P, when you want people to listen to you, I understand he's in, in, in a role with the uh, players' association. But um, um, I, you know, getting on the court uh, is, is important for him. Uh,
1: well, it'll be interesting to see what everybody does because the league has said June 25th is the deadline for saying you're in or you're out, mm-hmm. and no harm, no foul if you're out. But you are docked like one ninety
0: fourth. Right. of your salary for each game that you miss right. so right. Um, which is a non-factor for those guys but you know um, well we'll see well, it'll be interesting to
1: see what guys say they, they'll come back sure maybe some mm-hmm. will say thanks no thanks
0: yeah wait till right. 2021 or well, yeah, well we'll see the end of 2020 anyway uh, let's go to baseball, guys. And uh, Rob Manfred, who who came out and said, there is going to absolutely be baseball. And then, of course, the, the the talks crumble again, which is just, as I said, from the get-go. A month ago, I said it is just, I, I just think it's horrible for baseball. They just take their fans for granted, both sides. They absolutely do. We know that. That's been going on for a long time. But Manfred met with Tony Clark, the players' rep in Arizona, and apparently, they've they've come to a, uh, a uh, you know proposal which is 60 games now, with the players getting their full cut of the 60 games, so they don't have to give back anything. And now they're they're hoping that the owners are are going to roll with that, and then they can at least get 60 games. Now, what I would say, and I, is if if the owners are still making money without the gate. And, they're, they're, you know, and, they're, and the few owners that have come out and said, we simply don't make as much money as you people think we make. If that's the case, then wouldn't the owners just say, hey, you have as many games. We'll, we'll do 80 games. We'll do 100 games. We're, we're, we're fine. They're asking for the players to take a hit because they're saying they're not making the money. So, And they're going as far as saying, well, then we'll knock it down to the least amount of games as possible. Manfred and Clark say, OK, well, let's bump it up to six from 50 to 60. So where are we, Matt? I mean, I think the owners would still want to play as many games as possible if they felt they were still at least breaking even. So there is something to them, perhaps, some of the teams, perhaps losing money in this whole thing.
1: Well, I don't think that you can deny that the absence of fans and the purchase of concessions and parking, et cetera, is going to impact the bottom line. So I'm not here to suggest that all is rosy and there may in fact be a loss that every team can show i mean it's just too much revenue to leave on the table i think we get caught up though in the fact that somehow the players aren't taking a cut in pay they are mm-hmm. yeah like i hope we all understand and the people who who read about this and and talk about it understand if the league plays half the amount of games they're scheduled to play the players are losing half their salary. <laughs> the play the players are sharing in the pain as well. And I do think that if I'm an owner and I'm losing money, Steve, you, you're in a business. Mm-hmm. You're losing money, but somehow you can sustain it because you see a brighter day next year. Mm-hmm. But you can lose X if you open... 80 times, but you can lose X minus Y if I open 50 times. If your loss is less, mm-hmm. aren't you going to be pushing yourself toward opening less? So I see where the owners are coming from here. And I think that, you know, it, it could be part of a bigger plan. The owners could have said three months ago, two months ago, 80 game season were good. Players, you sign off on it. Great. We'll have all these protocols. We'll figure it out. Uh, but now I think the owners have said, if you know, with just 50 games, then we only have to pay them a third, roughly, of their salary. And that's a good thing. So I think that they've said, no, they've stalled a lot because they want to get to this point where they're kind of up against time. When can we reasonably end? What concerns do we have about starting next season? Do we want to play baseball in the winter? <laughs> you know? So right. I think there's a lot of things. I I don't think the owners are stupid at all. They're hard-headed and they're business people, but they're not stupid. I think they sat down and they have crunched their numbers and said, listen, we'll just, we're just going to stall, stall, stall. Manfred looks bad by saying a hundred percent guarantee we'll play. And then a week later or thereabouts, he says, well, I'm not sure. It's all stalling. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, the players just aren't going to the players had a choice that they refused to accept, which was salary cap. And they weren't going to do it. So mm. they stuck to their guns. Owners have stuck to their guns and, Within a week or two, we'll come up with some agreement, and it'll be what the owners probably wanted all along. But the players, what they'll get out of it is no salary cap. Right.
2: Well, I think the word is now that the people, a lot of people think they're going to come to an agreement by Friday, which, you know, we're airing we're recording this on Thursday, so there might be something by tomorrow. Quite frankly, my eyes have glazed over with all of these negotiations. I haven't paid too much attention to it all. I did check out some of the scuttlebutt that was coming out of the meeting that that they had yesterday. And the thing that, that sticks out to me the most is that if this all goes through, we will not have to see Masahiro Tanaka bat and run the bases any longer and that blow Tammy right. out on the way home because there's gonna be a universal D H. Wow, what do we all think of that? That that to me is the biggest thing that, that that leaps out at um at all these um expectations here.
0: Well I always thought it was cool that they the the big difference between the national League and the American League was that one thing and I always thought that was kind of neat and it was obviously a different strategy it's uh, there's a lot a lot more strategy involved on the national League side of, of it but uh um you know I, I can understand why they're why they're doing it and why they're expanding rosters and such so uh, I would hope it would go back to what it was uh, I always thought that was a i like the fact that there was there's small the Differences between the the two leagues, but obviously that was, you know, the, the, that's the major rule that that is is changing. You're a purist, Steve. Yes, yes, I I, t- I totally am, and I think you that, like that. I, I, I do, and um, and but I like the I always like the DH. I always defended the DH in the American League. I'm more of an American League fan, but uh, um, but uh, I you know I I can understand. And I'm mad I don't know how you feel Being a Mets fan And and, and do you Do you like uh, Do you like the DH Or do you it, it does take a lot Out of it man A lot of strategy Toward the end of the games With pitchers come, Pulling pitchers And such There's a lot to it um, that, that Double switches it, Oh sure the game up a bit. Yeah that goes away But then of course You had that big bat In the lineup Instead of watching The pitcher strike out But I, you always yeah. like that too You know It's like oh man We got the pitcher good uh, They got to They got to pull him uh, or uh, uh, put a, uh, put a pinch hitter in, or uh, or they got to stick with him and and watch him, uh, you know, hit a Let soft grounder to the second Mar-Solo
2: baseman. take his cut. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right, right. We'll always have that home run that he hit, and that that will live in infamy. I mean, we'll miss those things. And yeah, I'm more of uh, I'm a National League guy, so I always like the idea of the pitcher hitting. And I thought there was strategy involved. I think. That's been diminished over time, you know, interleague play and all that sort of stuff has, has kind of diminished that, um, you know, the Madison bum gardeners who can hit, yeah, you know, a home run on occasion. Mile. Yeah. that yeah. That's cool, but that's so rare anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the player association, you know, actually likes the idea because the extra position on a roster is going to go to a hitter and they got, they're going to get paid a lot more. Than you know than a utility guy who's just a fill in. So it's not going to change the amount of pictures you have on your roster. You're still going to pay for closers and for starters, uh, and you guys are going to pay for another extra big hitter. So salaries will go up, and the players players love that. So there are some bones being given to the players' association. The owners are getting back uh, an expanded playoff, uh, which will generate more revenue. So. You know, I, I really think this came down to, and I've been, uh, I've been pretty strong on this opinion the whole time. It's all about the imposition of a salary cap and the players just mm. haven't gone for it. So, yeah, they're they're going to come to some settlement in the near term. I mean, nobody wants to lose money. Uh, owners are trying to mitigate their losses. Players are trying, uh, as well, uh, to a degree. Um, that's why you know fifty doesn't make sense to them. You know sixty, they thisplace like it. there's a there's an x y axis here, right? where it it kind of crosses and both sides will say we can live with this. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they're hammering that out now. And now they've pushed the calendar into the middle of June, yeah, a little bit beyond the middle of June, and they'll be able to get this thing done, uh, you know, so that we have a World Series no later than what November, I guess, or even you know maybe yeah. sooner than that, which by the way, We've been encroaching on anyway, so like that again. Like we, some of these writers around the country just buy the BS. Like really, baseball doesn't want to play cold weather. We're playing cold weather. We have games in March, <laughs> and, and right. we've been pushing the World Series back October, for years yeah. now. I mean, oh, come on! Like, stop with the stop with the aura. The, you know, with the natural. Stop with you know if you have built it, they will come. Like. Just tell us the story. Yeah. And the story yeah. is we've been playing in cold weather for a long time now. Uh, it's not an April to uh, October year anymore in baseball. It's March to you know late October into November. So why do you tell me you don't want to play in cold weather? I mean, why would you even believe that? But. That's the narrative. Let's keep it out. You know, let's keep
0: pushing this. And by the way, you know what? We know guys, the fans always comes back. I mean, me, the purist sitting here talking about the strife between the players and the owners and how, yeah, we, what a mess it is. But you know what? The, the fans get beat up and just keep coming back. They're like, you know, it doesn't matter. And we, we've seen that through the years, over and over in the years. And, uh, you know, the only thing, that the biggest issue baseball has now is just how long of a game it is. And, and you know, you, you're hearing about people just not being not having three and a half hours for, for a baseball game. But still, uh, diehard fans, diehard Yankee fans, diehard Met fans uh, are always going to support their team regardless of how much strife is between both sides they will get on the field.
2: Not only I, that, Steve, but they're gonna be playing each other a lot more yeah. with this you know, the the geographical stuff that's gonna go on here. The Mets and yeah. I did a daily brief on it way back when where it's gonna be great. The Mets and Yankees are gonna be playing all the time. Unfortunately the fans aren't gonna be able to sit there and <laughs> yell at each other back and forth, but you know, with the whole geographic well, uh, matchups, it's going to be that way. It's going to be very interesting.
0: Well, the players' rallying cry is "Tell us when and where." So, I mean, by the time this airs, they could have something. You said, uh, you said, John, maybe Friday, uh, which is tomorrow. With, uh, you uh, so, know, Jim
2: Bowden and some of those yeah. guys that have been pretty plugged in. Bob Nightingale. Yeah. That's what they've been hearing, and so, so we'll they've see. been pretty
0: on the spot. All right. Well, we'll keep following all this league statuses and such players misbehaving we'll we'll have it here on uh, moresportsnow.com we cover new york new jersey sports you can hear us on spotify now on iheart radio uh we've always been on itunes we're on uh, uh, soundcloud as well you can check out our site moresportsnow.com you can always find all our podcasts there so for steve titchener john McLevy, matt laughlin we'll catch you all next week with plenty more sports talk bye-bye